Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Monday, August the 8th, and this is episode number 159. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Things are going good, Rod. We obviously we obviously have a group that's going to be joining us tonight. <laughs> we do have a group, um, and heading that group is... is uh, this is our, our friend from uh, Australia, David Evan Smith. Uh, David, how are things going? Good morning from the future, lads. Yes, uh, it's going well, as you can hear. I'm sorry, but the uh, three-year-old is very excited to be uh, awake and alive running around the house this morning. So, yeah, we'll get the occasional little giggle in the background, I'm afraid. But, no, we're doing well, mate. We're doing well, lads. That's all right. We have to start Browns fans early, David. Well, she she does she does now fit into her her bigger brother's uh, Browns t-shirt, which she does like wearing. Uh, so she nice. wore that yesterday, and she struts around in her Browns t-shirt. Um, <laughs> and uh, and with uh, with being part of the worldwide organisation of the Browns backers, um, they do send uh, the Browns helmet logo as a tattoo, and she has had. Uh, as she likes to say, my Browns sticker. So she does wear a Browns nice. tattoo on her forearm, which mum and dad uh, are happy with, but we're not going to make it permanent, if you know what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we were talking uh, before we started recording that we're uh, that you're 14 hours ahead of us. So so for yep. you, it is, is Tuesday the 9th. That, um, we're, we're recording it at 8.30, so um, started about 10.30 a.m. on the 9th we're at your house so uh that is correct yep yep so uh kind of kind of cool but uh um it's good to talk to you it's been it's been a while since we've been able to catch up because of the time difference and your work schedule and everything and you got some stuff going on so um, oh yes yes definitely good to, to have you back and um uh i guess uh we usually go to to um what are we drinking at this point in the podcast? But uh, but Jeff, I, I assume you're drinking your uh, usual tonight. Yep. Unfortunately, um, alcohol is off the menu for a while. Yeah, and um, uh, oh, the day of the world are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's for me, keep, that's what the doctors keep telling me anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, I had, um, you know, these, uh, I, I posted on Twitter, but I got stung by these yellow jackets uh, about a week ago. And um, a couple days ago, the sting started swelling up. So I started a course of, of uh, prednisone today. And so I've kind of had a buzz going all day from prednisone. And I guess you're really not supposed to drink when you're taking that. So so I'm not drinking any alcohol tonight either. And it is 1030 a.m. where where uh, David is in Australia, so he's not drinking, um, not alcohol. No, 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 no. Having a lovely uh, Gin Carlo uh, espresso that I uh, ground and, and and made this morning uh, while I was making the good lady wife and myself breakfast. Yeah, very nice. Uh, but you you did bring some beers to talk about. I did. I did. Now, last time, or maybe a couple of times ago, we spoke. I was talking about the number of countries from beers from which I've had. And off the top of my head, I sat down here and wrote notes, and I think I'm at 22 at the moment. Um, mm. and, and my brain is still 
chugging away quietly, thinking about what other countries I've had beers from. But I had had a couple that were um, really, really interesting uh, from local brewers um, here in here in Victoria, here in Melbourne. And uh, one of them was um, from Deeds Brewing uh, Organisation, uh, which is just up the road from my place. Uh, and they have a, a double dry hopped New England IPA that was called The Hive Mind. It was a limited edition uh, about six months ago. Um, and it had the most amazing tropical fruit characteristics. It was 7.7% uh, alcohol and it was a 440ml can. And it was um, just a very light but full-flavoured, um, little hints of passion fruit and stuff like that. It really was quite a lovely, uh, refreshing beer to drink. It was actually a really nice surprise. Um, mm-hmm. The other one I had was uh, a Christmas present from my one of my working partners uh, on working on the ambulance, and it's from a, a company called Moondog Breweries. I've posted a couple of photos of this. Um, this was their uh, 11th um, vintage, if you like, or incarnation, as they like to refer to it as. It was called the Black Lung 11. Uh, it was a black, um, sort of a hybrid of a, a, a porter come stout, but it had actually been aged for a number of time, uh, for a period of time in uh, Tennessee whiskey uh, barrel. So it was actually brewed, done, and then put through the barrel and sat in the barrel for a little while. Um and it was rich. So that came as a uh, 650ml bottle, um, which is, I have no idea how many fluid ounces, but it's a few, um, nearly the size of a bottle of wine. Um, okay. And at 12%. So yeah. that, uh, if I didn't already have hairs on my chest, I would have grown some overnight. That'll give you some. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the other one was uh, actually from South Australia. It was from, uh, from McLaren Vale, which is renowned for its amazing, deep, rich, uh, flavoured Shiraz. Um, beautiful, like dark, dark colours um, with with very, very well structured wine. Being a former wine person. I, I'm a massive fan of that particular region, but they've got some amazing little um, independent brewers now. And one of them's the Fox Hat, and they did a Red Pelt, which is an Indian red ale, and it's seven point eight percent. So again, another one that'll get you up and mumboing uh, rather uh, rather quickly. But it, again, it had those. Um, it was almost brick red in colour, uh, with a beautiful sort of toffee toffee note um, uh, uh, head on it. And and the flavours were just just divine. It was a it was a real one of those. Not it's not definitely like what, what you've said in the past, right? Not a session beer, but it's definitely one of those beers that you can sit down and enjoy and savour uh, mm-hmm. for um, for its well made structure. You know. Yeah. Nice. Yes. That's that's kind of the bits and pieces I've been having over the last six to twelve months. Excellent. So so is your is your average beer in Australia still like around five percent alcohol? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, so they, they've, about the they've lowered it a little. They've lowered it a little bit here, sort of anywhere between four point two and five, yeah. um, for your really big commercial stuff. Um, but as as we've all discovered, I think, and it's a it's a worldwide thing. The 
sixes and sevens are very common with your independent small and micro brewers. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the yeah. more flavorful ones seem to have a little bit more alcohol in them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, there was another one I did have. So where my ambulance branch is behind us, uh, a couple of streets back is a uh, is another brewer, and they're called um, Wolf in the Willows. And for Christmas, they did a s'mores uh, flavored nitro gas canned beer, uh, and they put the sort of the um, a little bit of a uh, marshmallowy flavor to it with a bit of chocolate and obviously that graham cracker. But then mm. as the Christmas twist to it, they'd add some um, sort of almost fruitcake or, or plum pudding style spices in it as well and that was uh that was quite an interesting gear sounds like it yeah yeah nice well thanks for sharing that with us because um yeah I, I guess unless we come to australia we probably won't get to drink any of those but alas sadly no and i, and I think i'd get in trouble if i started sending them over <laughs> i'd have you might. <laughs> somebody knocking on my door asking hard questions <laughs> yeah as happily as I'd share them with everyone. Right. We we like to hear about them though, and you, you never know what'll happen down the road. So correct, yeah. correct. We'll see what happens. So excellent. So uh, so let's let's talk some Browns, guys. Um, and let's get the let's get the stuff out of the way because um, uh, since our last uh, I, I don't know did, um, when did the NFL appeal, Jeff? Has it been since we last recorded? <laughs> this stuff's all running. Yeah, it was it was like the next day. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so the we said, NFL we said, what a stupid idea it would be for them to do it. And then they immediately did it. <laughs> yeah, I thought your reasoning was very sound. Uh, they just didn't listen to you. Yeah, I, I don't think did. they're in, in the mood to listen to anybody right now, honestly. No. Yeah. Well, so, no, they are. They, they seem to be in the, in the um, uh, business of listening to. Uh, how do we, how do we put this a, a, a noisy um, quadrant shall we say um, the popular uh, appealing to the populace for no direct reason or use of law or anything else but they are a law unto themselves aren't they as we've seen in the past yeah yeah so uh, so they've appealed to themselves and you know I, I, I assume that Roger Goodell would he, would hear this and rule on it because, you know, he wants it to go his way anyway. But uh, but he's appointed uh, this uh, Peter Harvey to to do his dirty work for him. Apparently, mm. uh, <laughs> a former New Jersey Attorney General and uh, a guy who's really just not elected was appointed, from what yeah. I understand. Oh, okay, okay. So he didn't and, actually win the election or win win the the vote to become it, the attorney right? general. He was appointed the attorney general and somehow kept it until the the, the cycle went. So I have read and heard. Well, he, that was from like two thousand three to two thousand six. Oh, that's a big three year cycle. Yeah. Yes. Um. So it's so it's been quite a while ago, but but he's. Done that, and and then he's been in all kinds of stuff with the NFL. So he's <laughs> kind of like a uh, an advisor to the NFL. Um, I saw this. He helped the NFL rewrite its personal conduct policy back in 2014, and what a fine job they did. Mm. <laughs> mm. They they wrote it so that um, 
you know, I mean, stuff's in there, but nobody, you know, it's not clear as to, um, you know, what penalties are or, you know, or anything specific enough to where people know how to, you know, what to expect in cases like this. Correct. So, um, so yeah, so. He also sat on the um, uh, second hearing after the court injunction of Zeke's case, and from what I'm led to believe and what I've heard, uh, he refused to accept new evidence of the recordings of the person in question stating that she made the whole thing up. And Zeke got (laughs) six weeks because, as we all know, it's about protecting the deal. Yeah. That, yeah. that was reported on a number of um, a number of different uh, s- uh, sites and newspapers at the time, and it's also been re uh, re released in regards to a number of people um, uh, pointing that out in regards to this appointment. Yeah. Okay, guys. I, I um, you know, I, I tweeted about this. I said, you know, here's here's this this guy who um, appears to be you know, very much with the NFL. He's not not going to be impartial whatsoever. And somebody came back to me and said, he's not supposed to be impartial. You know, he's um, the appeals for the league. He's not supposed to be impartial. I'm thinking what? Um, I, I, I didn't know how to respond, so I just didn't. Um, <laughs> wise choice. Yeah, wise choice. Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense to me that they um, – that they go through this whole thing with Sue Robinson that is set up to kind of look like you're having, uh, you know, uh, a neutral arbiter hear this case and, and rule on it. And then all of a sudden you go the other extreme and one side is going to hear the case and rule on it themselves. You know, well, and it, you know, my, my wife asked me, she said, explain to me what's what's happening here. I said, well, this is like if you and I had a fight and then, you know, we picked somebody to to, you know, say who was right or wrong. And and then we went to them. And and you said you didn't like what happened. And then you just decided you were going to determine who was right yourself. Correct. It, it, well, now, I, I would I would just add to that, Rod, though, that, you know, the difference is, is that one party works for the other party. Well, that's true. That's true. So I would put this in the realm of, you know, employment law um, where, you know, your your employee did something wrong and the boss says, well, you know, we should penalize you this. And the employee says, well, no, we should penalize you that. And they go to arbitration and they pick something and the boss says, well, okay, that arbitration happened, but we still don't think it's enough. So to protect the company, we're going to make it more severe, which is ridiculous because. Why do you have the arbitration? Exactly. In employment law, you agree to, Neutral party binding arbitration. The problem with this is that the NFL Players Association is so weak that they agreed to non-binding arbitration. Yeah, yeah, and I, I understand that. I understand that. Um, you know, everybody everybody keeps telling me that that yeah, 
um, that this was just all part of the process all along and that this was going to happen. It's, it's, that's still not the point. Um, the point is why even have the arbitration if there was no point in, in seeing it through? I mean, there was almost no chance that Sue Robinson was going to say zero games and end it right. there. And so that made I, I guess, you know, I'm thinking about this, Rod, you know, I think this whole Sue, Sue Robinson part of this was just basically a trial balloon to see how the public would react. So, you you, you know, you go through yeah. this process yeah. and, and you throw out a, a conclusion and you say, OK, this is, you know, what we think needs to happen. And, and based on then on public reaction you determine whether, okay, well, you know, maybe we need to try something else, you know, because the NFL is all about image. You know, the, the, yeah. the whole money-making process is about how people perceive the league. And, you know, when people are still angry and people are still screaming from the mountaintops that, you know, Deshaun Watson's a rapist and he needs to never work in the NFL again, um, you know, those voices are going to be heard. So ultimately... Um, the NFL has to do something about that. And that, you know, that six week suspension obviously just didn't feel like enough. Yeah. And, and then when somebody like me has an issue with, with this on Twitter, people think that I'm, you know, upset that they're trying to extend the suspension or punish them worse or things like this. In reality, I'm just upset that they're dragging this thing out. Well, you look, know, they had they, they had months, didn't they? We were just chatting about yeah. this off air. They had months and months and months, and like I said, the uh, the Texans have got away essentially scot free with whatever whatever um, part they had to play in the whole sordid story. Nobody's right. looking at them. You've still got Busby rattling cages for what reason I don't know, and. Uh, 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 Sue Robinson, in her findings, which you know a lot of people um, probably need to go back and brush up on their reading and comprehension skills, pointed out that the NFL sways like a palm tree in a summer breeze, and it's all about what you were just saying there before, what the public views, how the public views it, um, and, and then they move like tides accordingly, you know, to, to, to fix holes. Uh, like I said, you know, right. Zeke got six weeks for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's not a, a, a breach of conduct. Um, right. You know, um, and, and this is where they need to, they need to be far more professional in their, in their uh, conduct policy. They actually need to specify, um, you know, 47 you know, examples of there, as Sue again pointed out, the NFL's definition of uh, sexual assault or sexual harassment is completely different from, by the sounds of it, almost every state in America's actual legal definition of the term. So if they're going to have their own um, definitions for terms, they need to set them out in black and white. They had a chance to do it and they didn't. Um, um, they... Um, you know, and it's the same with, with um, the Calvin Ridley. People are trying to join the Calvin Ridley year suspension for um, with the Deshaun case. The fact of the matter is, Calvin Ridley 
could have had direct impact on games specifically by gambling. You know, um, right. we, we, we've had issues here in Australia, both with our Australian rules football and um, uh, National Rugby League, where players have been suspended for the exact same thing. Um, you know, they tried to be, uh, as the old saying is, too smart by halves and had um, betting accounts in families' names um, you know, an arm's distance apart, but, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that sort of stuff out, so they get caught, they get suspended. It's not the same incident, you know, and the other one that comes to, to mind that's, like, it's fresh is how, again, has Tom Brady avoided any um, repercussions for his involvement in the Miami Dolphins thing? Like, yeah. you know, it, the mind boggles. It at, depends who you are. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. Robert Kraft too. You know, it depends yeah, who you yeah. are. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Rog has been hasn't he been photographed a number of times at, on Robert uh, Robert Kraft's yacht during summer holidays? Haven't they all gone on holidays together in previous years? So, sure. you know, you're already fighting an uphill battle there. Yeah, it's just not. It's just, I mean, it doesn't matter which way we look at it. It's not a. It's not a a, a pleasant. Um, topic. Um, he's obviously done uh, something egregious, and to what level none of us will ever know. But I think, that, as you said, Rod, the way it's being handled, the way it's being dragged out, is is preposterous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's not really really a bad look for the league is the fact that you know no one can really prepare now for the upcoming season. No, no, and it's not fair on Jacoby, no. and it's not fair on on our uh, amazing defense. You know, we've got you know probably one of the best defenses in the league. You know, back six, you know, solid, obviously amazing solid ends. We've got a pretty good linebacking core. You know, and mm-hmm. these blokes are getting asked ridiculous questions from, you know, let's be honest, subpar. Media, yeah. In my humble, in my humble opinion, of course, gentlemen. Well, yeah. Well, well, all we all we can do again is is see what happens. But um, but I mean, it goes back to things like they need to fix the the personal conduct policy so that it's clear. Um, you know, I think they really should. I think there really should be some kind of penalty against Houston. I mean, look at this. If the Browns lose uh, Deshaun Watson for for a season, don't you think the Browns should get some kind of pick pick or picks back, something like that? You know, um, you know, something something that makes sense. So, I have no problem with some of the stuff the NFL wants to do. You know, if they want to find him, find him. If they want to, you know, require him to uh, to go to um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Classes. Um, yeah, yeah, rehab. Rehab. You know, if they yeah. want him to go to that, I, I sure as heck don't have any problem with that. Um, no. You know, but but dragging this thing out and and putting the Browns season in jeopardy because they just can't get prepared. Um, that, that's just not right. It's just not right. So. No, no. I mean, look, we 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 as an organization, I, I think we can probably most of us will agree. At the, at the start of it, it wasn't handled well. The whole Baker flying to Texas, 
not talking to him. Even Andrew Berry came out and said, yeah, look, I probably yeah. didn't do that as, as well as I, I could have. Um, but we all knew that we needed to upgrade our pass game. I, I think that, you know, even injury, take injuries aside, the, the number of, of um, interceptions to touchdowns, even in 2020, um, you know, was good, but could we have done better with that talent in that year? Probably, maybe. It's, it's you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Um, it is. But, <laughs> you know, the, 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 you know, people stomping up and down now saying we should have kept Baker. I, I don't think that would have solved anything, to be brutally honest. I think with that flight to Texas on, uh, on Jimmy's private jet, the, that did the dash for Baker. Um, and I think in some regards that points to some of the problem problems that we had with Baker was his maturity level. You know, yes, it, yes, it was not well done as I previously stated, but you also are in a professional sport where you have a five minute lifespan really in the grand scheme of things, not True. for long, not for long is what the league's acronym has been for 25, 30 years, you know? So, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, uh, there's a lot of fingers that can be pointed, but I think at the moment we've got to start with the league. And like you said, the conduct policy needs a complete overhaul. And like I was saying, it needs to be in black and white, not these so many grey areas. It's, um, you know, it's like a London fog. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So let's uh, let's change the uh, change the subject to uh, to Kareem Hunt and his uh, trade request that lasted um uh, with him staying out of camp for a couple days. Um, uh, Jeff, were you, were you surprised by this trade request? Uh, you know, it coming from Kareem surprised me a little bit, just knowing his history and, you know, his yeah. connection to the organization and this being his hometown and, and you know, everything. But um, if you take a step back and look at it, it, it really shouldn't have surprised anyone because he literally is the only guy on the team that hasn't gotten paid. Um, everybody else has gotten their money. Everybody else is secure. Kareem is, is the only guy that is on the last year of his deal. Um, you know, has no guarantees. Um, you can't blame him for wanting to get paid and, and for wanting to have some security. I think every player goes through that thought process at some point. And when he sees everybody else getting paid, he figures, oh, geez, all I got to do is ask and they'll pay me too. Um, I think happen. it's just a little yeah. different. Yeah, it's just a little different scenario. You know, Mary Kay Cabot said, you know, what he needs to do is just buckle up his chin strap and go play and prove what he's worth and, you know, earn his next contract, which is what we've said about other players. You know, but the reality of the NFL is it doesn't really work that way. You know, you have to you have to more or less use your leverage to get the next deal. So and right now, Kareem just doesn't have a lot of leverage. So um, no. he does need to he just does need to play and and stay healthy and see what happens. You know, that we've said before, it's it's highly likely that he was going to get traded anyway because of the depth of, of that, you know, that room. Um, 
and you know the need for running backs around the league and so forth and he's on a pretty team friendly you know contract this year um ultimately whether he is on the roster or not on the roster um he deserves to get paid um he's proven that he's you know a top running back in this league and probably would start on a lot of clubs, you know, be their feature back. Um, but he's got to sort of play the process out and not force his hand too much. And that's kind of what I think what he found out this week is he tried to force his hand a little bit too much and it didn't really work for him. Yeah. D- David, do you think, how much do you think the Deshaun Watson stuff is playing into uh, the Browns decision with Kareem and, and what to do with him? I think had they have not appealed, you might have seen some more definitive action taken. I think waiting, they're going to play a waiting game. You, you just don't know because if you're going to bundle him up in a in a trade deal, you're going to want to have that. Like you said, Jeff, you're, you're right. He doesn't have any leverage. He, he missed the last nine games of last year. Um, he's he's been a little bit injury um, riddled over the last three years, um, you know, missing games here and there. And I know COVID's part of it and all that sort of stuff, and that's that's fine. But last year was his chance to really cement his spot and not make the team go looking for a bloke like Jerome Ford, who, you know, and I know it's only training camp and we all get excited. It's kind of like our... Uh, Christmas, New Year, and Thanksgiving for the for the for the US mob um, all come at once when it comes to training camp because yeah. you know the going everybody against, looks good. Everyone looks good, and it, it seems to be um, a worldwide. Um, they've all gone to a worldwide school of answering questions. He's in his best form. He looks his best. He's bulked up over the summer. He's done this, done that. He's moving freer. They say it in AFL. They say it in the NRL here in Australia. They say it um, uh, even for the cricketers. Oh, yeah, his back's looking loose. He's bowling. He's bowling five kilometres an hour faster than he was last season. You know, look out for that leg cutter and all this sort of stuff. It's the same as baseballers. It's a worldwide sport thing, you know, during during the summer or pre-season training where – Everyone's, you know, not hitting hard or, you know, playing to, to touch and everyone everyone's in their best shape ever, you know. So, you know, yeah, I, I mean. They've either put on 10 pounds of muscle or, they, or they've lost 10 pounds of fat. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> right. yep. Oh, he's, he's really coming to shape. He's really just lost that puppy fat. He's really bulked up well, you know. Um, so I, I think being in, in all seriousness with, with um, Kareem, I do love him. I think he's a, he's a – character on the sidelines you've heard him in those mic'd up episodes he's 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 a team guy first um you're right he was kind of backed into a corner he had to take that team friendly contract after the the incident of his um i think yeah depending on what happens you could see him as i said earlier bundled up in a in a trade offer potentially for for picks and whatever to a, a, a running back needy team, which, you know, again, during training camp will happen. There'll be knees, there'll be ankles, you know, that'll happen. There'll be hips, yeah. you know. So I think we sit yeah. and wait. It is a heavily, heavily stacked room. I mean, my goodness, if you can run four backs, <laughs> you know, you run a, a wishbone mm-hmm. plus one, uh, you know, it yeah. would – It'd look amazing, you know, Chubb, uh, Johnson, Hunt, and and Ford. I think 
And then, you know, but in all seriousness, I don't think it's going to happen, uh, uh, keeping four backs in the room. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he might be on the, on the trade. Yeah, um, I, I put a tweet out about Kareem and Peter, Peter Jones answered me and he said he, he thought that this was a case where both sides were right, um, that, that Kareem is right in wanting a new deal and that, and that the Browns are mm-hmm. right in not wanting to give him one right now. Yes, um, right. Yeah. So it, it, and that's just kind of that's just kind of how things are. So it, yeah. it, we're, we're still the same place we were several months ago with this running back room, and I don't think we're going to know until the season starts how it's, how it's going to look. No, and even possibly to the um, – well, you, you're not going to be able to hide your own forward on the, um, on the practice squad. Um, right. So it's got to be a trade somewhere or a contract, and then there's got to be some cuts unless it's going to be a cut, and I can't see it. He's too valuable. You've got to get at least – at least a third for him, if not possibly a second, you know, because he is going to be that workhorse for a team. I mean, he's already led the league in, in rushing previously when he was with the Chiefs. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, we know he's had some injuries, but he's definitely proven himself over, you know, over over his career. So people know what they're going to get out of Kareem Hunt when he's on the field. That's Absolutely. But a, a healthy season would definitely boost his value if he could, if he were to stay with the Browns and play a full season, you know, and, and then uh, exit and the Browns get the cop pick. Um, you know, I think he would end up doing himself pretty well someplace. Still at uh, he's 27 now, even at the age of 28, he'd probably still get another good deal, I would think. Yeah, yeah, and his his knees are, are, are way healthier than you know your, your Saquon and your. You know, Sony Michelle and all those blokes that have have probably got you know. Yeah, he hasn't taken the beating because of mm. of Sharon Carries with uh, with Nick. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna he, he, he's he's valuable somewhere. He's valuable to us, but I mean, you know, as a, as a trade. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Option. So um, so the uh, the um. The depth chart is out for the uh, for the preseason game. I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to look at this? Mm-hmm. I have um, not. There's not really any surprises. Um, anything no. surprise no. you, Jeff? I mean, with the no. starters. Um, right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the guys that, that we've expected. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think there's a little bit of a battle going on at Mike right now. Um, Right, I'd, I'd be I'd be really shocked if if Jacob Phillips was was able to take snaps away from Anthony Walker if he's healthy. Um, yeah, we'll probably get to that point some you know down the road, but I don't think you know I don't think Anthony Walker's got anything to really worry about yet. They're going to need more than two or three linebackers over the course of the season, right? So yeah, absolutely. So so it, it's yeah, it's not really a problem right now. No, no, right. but but I I walk won't play special teams where Phillips can, so he can be that 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 body on the field. Um, yeah, yeah, he can de- he could definitely help on special teams. Um, trying to look at uh, surprises. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use Johnny Stanton. Yeah, yeah. Here's, a, here's another one that I quite like. Um, 
he, he seems like a good human, and and he looks he looks like a good good uh, teammate on the sidelines, and from the bits and pieces I've seen, and obviously hearing him sort of now working a bit as a tight end, a, a bit as right. a fullback. Um, I, I kind of like that. I mean, you know, he's he's oh, he's, he he's a, listed he, as a backup tight end. Okay, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he was a high school and very early college quarterback. <laughs> so you know, he's mm-hmm. he's obviously he's obviously got a, a a great offensive mind in that regards. He should be able to pick up playbook really quickly and and then develop. It's just now a matter of um him going from carrying the ball and being a bulldozer and blocker to actually being able to catch on those occasional releases where he needs to. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he goes. But, again, I don't know that he's going to make the 53. And I know it's only early, but I don't know necessarily. Yeah, it's hard with – well, I mean, it probably depends on, you know, the other running backs. I mean, how many running backs can he carry, even though uh, Johnny Stanton can do other things? Um, you know, they, they do have Demetric Felton listed ahead of Jerome Ford. Not that that means anything at this juncture, but no. and, uh, that's the biggest surprise along with uh, not. It's not a surprise, but just a question was uh, Josh Dobbs listed ahead of Josh Rosen. But I don't think anybody really cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And if, and if we're um, if that's something that turns into a Twitter argument, that's when we all just shut down Twitter and leave. Yeah, um, I'm not worried about that. (laughs) I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, there was a reason way back when uh, Alonzo Highsmith and that that regime was in why we didn't draft Josh Rosen. And there's a couple of articles floating around out there on the internet that people can read, and you can see why we didn't uh, draft Josh Rosen because um, everyone was talking about him and there was a, a, a bit of buzz around him at the time in regards to that, you know, that five bunch of quarterbacks that came out with Baker and Josh Allen uh, at the time. So mm-hmm. anyway, we'll see. We'll see. We've come yeah, to the we'll conclusion that, that I think you, we can only win with Josh Rosen. I mean, it can, it can only be a positive because if he doesn't play, he's not going to be here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll probably get to see him some in, in, uh, you know, in the preseason. So we'll see what happens. Well, I guess that'll all determine too with what the, the next finding comes down because if um, they can't wheel Thorn out um, during the preseason to get some reps, you know, even with a few of the ones, it doesn't have to be all the ones, but a few of the ones to try and get that um, – that chemistry going, um, uh, you might um, you might have to see him out there because if he gets suspended, it'll be effective immediately, from what I understand. Right. So. Yeah. Be. Yeah. Those guys will get will get enough time in preseason games um, to to know pretty clearly, you know, who the who the backup to Brissett's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And they may even bring yeah. in another camp home. You never know. Um, yeah. I don't know who else is out there, but um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they'll be watching the uh, you know after the cuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they may have some guys on their on their radar. Well, I found it interesting that the last last night as I was getting ready to go to bed, um, there was already news coming in. It may have come out earlier, and I may have missed it. Of um, uh, Carolina Panthers already looking for trade partners uh, for Sam Darnold. Hmm. Interesting. So but nobody else wants that money. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. So um, the uh, the Browns have a uh, preseason game coming up on Friday against the against the Jags. It'll be the Jags' second second game. Um, so right. uh, what are you guys uh, what are you guys going to be looking for in that preseason game, and or what do you want to see? Let's put it that way. So uh, so David execution. Um, I want to see. I want to see if I get a chance to sit down and watch it because I'm on shift. But even if I get to watch the replay, I want to see them executing both on offense and defense. You know, from the stuff that we've seen coming out of camp from the defense, you know, blokes like um, this uh, rookie Emerson, and then you know Newsom and and the like have been playing lights out again. I know there's no, you know, it's not pads and I know a lot of it's against air and it's one-on-ones and all that sort of stuff but I'd like to see the the defense really show us what and I don't mind if it's the second and third strings because I'm expecting those guys to be be lifting their game to want to be a one you know they want to play alongside uh, Miles and JD you know um, especially on that line I want to see them executing to the highest possible standard we can because our defense as i said to you before is is just got the potential to be lights out well the browns are what six or eight deep at corner and um what you know five or six deep at safety so it really shouldn't matter who they have out there in secondary correct obviously there's tiers of talent there but uh but they should still look pretty good with uh with the second third stringers on Absolutely, and that, and that's why I'm excited to see the potential of some of these kids, you know, that are now in their second and third years. You know, your um, your, your Tommy Togi eyes, and, and even potentially Isaiah Thomas, who's who's um, going to hopefully get a run out there. Um, I was just looking at a few of the, the other names that I was thinking of. Um, uh, obviously. Um, Oh, uh, Moffat, he's been around for a few years now. Herb Miller, you know, these guys have got the potential to really, you know, shine. In all seriousness, they've got a chance to shine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, you know, I didn't bring it up earlier. You guys saw that the the Browns signed Chris Odom, defensive end, who was mm-hmm. the uh, was he the defensive yeah. player of the year in the USFL? Twelve and a half sacks. Twelve and a half. So, um, but they lost. Um, sure, down. They lost another defensive end. And I can't. Do we lose uh, Alex? Stephen Weatherly. Stephen oh, Weatherly. Yeah, sorry. What happened um, to Stephen Weatherly? Yeah. I missed that one. I can't remember what yeah, the injury so was, but it requires surgery, so he's he's going to miss the the regular season. They said. Oh no. Yeah. Um, disappointing, definitely. 
Um, yeah, the Odom signing is a good, a nice pickup. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I guess that's what's you know that's what you're looking for in the preseason games is is those depth guys, um, you know, who really makes a case for themselves. Um, I mean, we know Alex Wright's going to be here. Um, Isaiah Thomas is a little bit more on the bubble, um, but you know, guys like Chris Odom and Curtis Weaver, you know, do do they put themselves on on the team's radar, right? Yes. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, on offense, know, and which on of those guys is gonna is gonna be somebody that you notice between Weaver right. and and yeah. Thomas yeah. and Odom? Yeah. And it's the same thing on offense with the you know number three, four, and five wideouts all these young guys you know who's gonna who's gonna open your eyes you know because we're not gonna see a lot of the starters in the preseason games obviously but you know who who of these other guys are gonna look you know like they belong yeah there there have been a lot of reports of uh of a lot of guys looking good at receiver you know um michael woods jakeem grant um you know those guys in particular. You know, you know after the after Amari Cooper, um, Amari Cooper, and um, you know I, I guess I haven't heard a lot about DPJ, but I'm sure he's been fine. Um, I think he's done some positive things, but um, yeah, you know we'll see when they get out there against real competition uh, what they yeah. look like. Absolutely. So, yeah. But, but I would think about the fact that that the that the guys that they're going to be playing against are in the exact same position, <laughs> right? They're they're trying to put themselves on the map. So that's what you get in preseason is guys really going all out to try to make a team. And from that perspective, the competition is is really high level. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not the football is going to be pretty is another thing. But you're right. exactly. <laughs> the- the the, um, the 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 intensity should be there, especially this is uh, going to have a little bit more substance to it than that um, sham that was on the other night at the um, Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Um, you know, guys, I get the feeling that um, that the offensive line, the the backup spots, are going to be. Pretty darn competitive. Hugely competitive. Yeah, I think it's going to be really hard to figure who's going to make the team. You know, as as the you know as the um, what six, seven, and eight offensive linemen, assuming they carry eight. Um, yeah. But um, how do you guys feel about Nick Harris? Um, I understand he's put some weight on. Um, do you guys do you guys feel like he's being handed that job or or is just going to win it or do you think that um, Ethan Posick um, and or Dawson Deaton are really competing with him to be a starter this this season? No, no, I think I don't think Nick's been handed it. I think he's been groomed from the get go. Um, <laughs> while we all agree, you know, all, whether it's amateur pundits like us or the pros, uh, nationals, he's probably a bit short to be a centre, but he seems to be 
just tall enough to be annoying to D tackles and 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 linebackers, which I'm okay with. Um, his um, he was playing all during uh, and training all during the last what two years of JC. JC couldn't you know get out there for most of the, for the most part because of his knees and ankles. Mm-hmm. He was groomed, and JC was in his ear. I mean, we've got Coach Callahan. What can be said about that bloke that hasn't already been said? The superlatives sure. just don't do him justice. He wouldn't be putting that team and that O-line in jeopardy with everything that he's done for the last couple of years. Um, um, sorry. Um, uh, he wouldn't put that O-line that, in jeopardy that he's worked so so hard with with those tackles um, uh, to mess it up with having a poor forming centre. Um, he did well in Green Bay uh, in that you know snowy game on Christmas. Um, I think I think he's going to be good. The one that I really want to see that I want to keep just purely on his name is Froholt because I think every team needs a Viking. A Viking line. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Was it Hanji? Hanji Froholt? He's six Hizu. foot five. I'm not sure how you say it. Hizu. Yeah, Hizu. yeah. Hizu. I'm, I'm not a um, yeah. I just, I just love the name. Um, you know, the Viking, the Viking guard. Why not? <laughs> if nothing else, just a bit of humour. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's we, apparently been working very well too. I've um, heard good things about a lot. Um, you know, people have talked about Dawson Deaton looking good. Um, you know, we've been, we've been. Waiting on Drew Forbes for like what eight years? Yes, it feels like, <laughs> it's like. Um, and we really haven't seen him play a lot. Um, Alex Taylor's been you know in the periphery for a few a few seasons. He's I think a pretty big dude too. Um, yep. And then and then you got James Hudson who got some experience. Um, Michael Dunn who's played well. Blake Hans, Chris Hubbard. Um, you know the, the and you can't look past Hub. Hub is. Is just that consummate professional. Yeah. And he's a locker room guy. From what everyone says and the stuff that you sort of hear about him, he's, you know, when he when he ha- has had all these injuries, he's still around the guys. He's still, you know, trying to be that veteran with the positive influence. Um, I just I like the guy. Um, you know, I think he's 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 one that you just sort of can't lose, um, just for his experience, uh, right up and down that whole line. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I would say it's going to be interesting, but that's uh, probably an understatement. I I think there's some guys there you just can't let go, but um, I could see some of these guys maybe overtaking some other guys. Uh, we'll just see what happens. Uh, absolutely, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, projecting the roster is uh, going to be a little bit uh, challenging with some of those spots. But doesn't it make a nice change, lads? Yeah. The- we were then waiting, you know, once upon a time, we would have been having a, a podcast about, I wonder who's going to cut a good guard? Who's going to cut a, a lineman that we can start with? <laughs> you know, who's going to cut us? A, yeah. uh, uh, you know, this is what we were doing, what, you know, four, five, six years ago. Um, yeah. I wonder who's going to cut it. We need probably three wide receivers. And I reckon at the bottom four in, you know, New England and the bottom four in, in Dallas and the bottom three at San Fran, I reckon we should probably get a mixed bag of from those ones. What do you reckon? That sounds good. They'll be able to start week one, won't they? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's those conversations there, there, we know that we were having. Positions. Aren't many positions on this team where a waiver wire guy's gonna make the team? Oh, not unless it's not unless it's um, you know a, a massively huge name that that's been cut for whatever reason. But yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, you know, for argument's sake, and I don't mean it in disrespect to them, but you know, roster spots fifty two and fifty three are Charlie Hewlett and and um, the punter. Uh, sorry, the kicker. Um, Cade York, so that's that's them taken care of, right? Now we've just got sort of, well, you know, there's only really, I think, maybe six spots because they're still arguing over who's going to punt, and that's fine. Let them battle that. I out. think uh, Bayorquez is going to punt, right? I mean, I know he didn't get a lot of experience in Green Bay, but um... oh, um, what's his name? Um, I don't even know his name. Corey, I've been saying by Yorkes. I don't even know if that's right. I'll, be, I'll just be honest because, I mean, he punted for Green Bay, so that I never even heard his name. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, 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 about yeah, 20 punts all season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there was another one that he was going up against, too, is it? Um, Joseph Charlton. Oh, I didn't even know they had another punter in, in camp. Yeah, they got a, they've got a lefty and a righty. I think Corey's oh. the lefty, and I think Joseph's the right. Okay, I don't even know. But he's a big bloke. He's six foot five. Um, But I I think you're right. It probably will be Corey. So there's your, you know, your 53, 52, 51 spots taken care of. You know, your long snapper, your kicker and your punter, done. Right. Like I said, I think about six or eight spots, and and they're the ones that we're sort of pontificating here. You know, a couple of cornerbacks, a couple of safeties. Um, What the blazes do we do in the running back room? Um, and and O line, you know, like we've really done well. I mean, the last two regimes have done well um, for the most part. We can always pick and choose, you know, faults and errors along the way. You know, no team's devoid of that. But you look uh, at what they've built around some of these blokes, like built around Miles um, um, Garrett, and then you know. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt with the other guys like Dearness Johnson. He is just amazing. He will be valuable to us or as trade fuel somewhere down the line in a year or two. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think really it's probably, yeah, linebacker and D tackles are the ones that we need to look at on the D. I mean, I think that the starting... Four or four or five corners and safeties are, uh, are pretty much set in stone with Ronnie and Grant and um, uh, Newsom. Newsom, I'm expecting a massive year. If he just the way he's looking and the way he was doing it, and I know I have to preface everything with it's just preseason, <laughs> with my earlier jibe about the language used in preseasons. <laughs> But he just seems to be that kid who's embraced um, the team, he's embraced the job, and he just looks good out on the field. I think you're right. And I, I just, just looking at just the corners, how many good corners there are on this team, um, you just have to feel that. Um, 
that these guys are going to feed off of each other and just continue to up their play. And they're not going to want to let another guy pass them and get on the field either. No way. So no. I think we're going to see just outstanding play from this group. Um, and and that's what I want to see Friday. You know, I want to see these corners, um, and I don't care if it's the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth starter, because I expect the same as I do out of, you know, uh, Green and Newsom and, and the like. I want to see them reading that QB's eyes. I don't know who's going to be standing behind centre uh, uh, for Jacksonville, but I want his eyes, you know, read like a Harry Potter novel, front to cover and <laughs> Upside down and inside out, you know, because I want to see them get yeah. picks. I think you're right. Those kids will be chomping at the bit to to get on that team because they'll want to be part of this this defense. Oh yeah, I want to be yeah. part of that defense for crying out loud. I'm a broken yeah. old man, but I, geez, I'd love to be there. <laughs> you're not the only one. Yeah. So, uh, so Jeff, are there any specific players you're going to be watching or that you want to watch for? Uh, maybe some of the newer guys on Friday. Yeah, I think David hit on it with uh, with the corners. Um, mm-hmm. You know, will will MJ Emerson and, and AJ Green play well enough to unseat Greedy Williams at one of the starting outside spots? Um, you know, it's possible. Um, you know, and in the receiver room, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Michael Woods and and David Bell. You know. Um, which one of those guys is, is you know, really going to distinguish himself. Um, I don't expect this first game to be, you know, a ton of offense, um, but just being consistent with routes and, and executing, like David said, you know, the offense and, and moving the, the chains, um, that'll all bode well for what we're going to look like as an offense when we get to the meaningful games, you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, boy, this this defense can really distinguish its, itself as a unit this year, and and put some consistency behind the the, the glimpses that we saw last year. Um, that's what we're gonna hang our hat on this year. You know, I just I think that's gonna be our identity, and you know, the ability to to win those low scoring games. Yeah, I think you'll be seeing a lot of the running back trio of uh, Demetric Felton, Jerome Ford, and John Kelly in this game. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, the other three guys will play, um, but yeah, probably not much. So, um, definitely cool. But yeah, I mean, yeah, same here. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of the young wide receivers um, you know, it'll be cool to see Amari Cooper out there in a Browns uniform for a play or two. Um, yeah. you know, and, uh, kind of want to see, uh, see the defensive line and I'm hoping to see something out of the DTs and, um, see what happens. Hopefully, like you said, some guys will distinguish themselves. So, yeah, hopefully Perry and Winfrey is, is everything we thought he was going to be in the draft. Yeah. And I think he's going to get a chance to work his way up that, uh, that depth chart. You know, um, I mean, we know it's not about being number one or two. It's about being in the top four anyways. So it doesn't right. matter if you start or not. Um, yep. Those guys are going to rotate. So, 
So cool. He, de- definitely, he definitely um, won the hearts of many a Browns fan, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Perry yeah, he's a he's crowd favorite. Crowd favorite uh, just by being drafted. Yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, I, we were we were having a chat in our WhatsApp group uh, as it all sort of unfolded, and then when you hear the the um, video and all that of him going, we're all like, "Yep, we like this uh, this nutcase. I reckon he's going to do well." <laughs> and I just hope I'm like you, you know. I hope it's not all um, froth and bubble. I hope there's some genuine substance there. And from the videos that I've seen of him from college, it 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 looks legit. Um, but obviously that step up, as, as everyone comments, from college to the big leagues, you know, you're playing against, you know, seasoned veterans now who have got that body's just that little bit harder and they've got some more tools in their toolbox to defend you. Um, I mean, you, you listen to Joe Thomas over the last week of his conversations about him learning from martial artists and other um, body science people, uh, you know, uh, activating muscles and moving ligaments and, you know, all that sort of stuff it, it, from a martial arts point of view, then transposing it to a tackle, you know, this is what Perion's now going up against, you know, maybe not to Joe's standard, of course, but you're still going up against, you know, harder bodies uh, that have been doing it longer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, obviously, could take him some time, but uh, that's pretty standard for a lot of rookies. So, um, I guess, I guess we'll find out. So, um, definitely looking forward to seeing the game. Um, we've we've suffered through a lot of stuff this off season. Um, it's been a long off season, and it, it's. I mean, it's not over until this ruling comes in and. We know what's happening, but um, it's going to be good to have football back, guys, just to sit back and try to forget about everything else that's going on and just watch the Browns play. Yeah, and I, and I suggest to those of us that those of you that listen to this podcast, I'd probably listen to the game with, or not even listen to the game. I'd put it on mute because there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of talk, of course, with the national coverage of it. Um, but I, you know, just just watch yeah. the foot, watch the football. Don't listen to the commentary. <laughs> That's a brilliant yep. idea. <laughs> just it might be the smartest thing anybody said tonight, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watch the football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, guys. Well, I think uh, I think we'll wrap things up here. Uh, it's been it's been great talking to you, Dave. I'm glad we could uh, finally get together. Uh, Mate, it's been fantastic. I love talking to you boys. It's um, it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice distraction from uh, your everyday living of running around after three kids and yeah. <laughs> rotating rotating rosters of uh, you know. Well, yeah. my last night shift was ended up my normal night shift's fourteen hours and ended up being seventeen hours because we're that busy. But you know, such is life. But it's lovely to catch up with you boys, and I'm glad you're all doing well. And uh, I'm loving the pod, um, even when I'm not on it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's obviously it's in the play cycle so yep <laughs> we appreciate that is there anything uh any closing words you'd like to leave the listeners with um support the team support each other we we love the team it's the team that we've followed for as long as we all have 
whether it's one week or, you know, in my case, you know, 30 odd years, it's the team. We've gone through multiple owners. We've gone through 637,511 quarterbacks. Um, you know, we, we've gone through two stadiums for those of us old enough to, to remember. Um, look past, look past it all as far as you can because the future is bright. We've got some amazing kids on the roster. Um, and I think sometimes we, we forget to, to stop and breathe and look around and we get sort of blindsided. You know, you can't see the forest for the tree in front of you, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, just yeah. support and love the team that you've always loved because things will sort themselves out, whether it's in a year or two or three or four, the team will be there and we will should all be there too. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Jeff, any closing words tonight? I think that's a, a, a very astute observation on David's part, and I couldn't agree more that it's time to put all the drama in the background and focus on the 11 guys that are on the field. Yes, sir. Very well said, guys. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.